You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. For episode 191 of the Blended Family Podcast. I do hope you're all doing well and staying warm for those of you in the cold climates. We had some chilly weather here too for Florida, which means it really just gets down into the 40s or 50s. I know, don't hate me. I know some of you are struggling in very frigid temperatures, but believe it or not, that is cold for me. If it's anything below 80, I'm in sweatpants. So here we're about to celebrate my daughter's 18th birthday. I can't believe it. She's my oldest biological child, and it's just really weird that she's turning 18. And we have some surprises for her, but I don't want to say them yet in case someone's listening. I don't think she does, but you just never know. But I have to tell you this. For those of you who might be struggling with a difficult child, you you really need to hang in there and not give up. She she was a tough one. She had lots of behavioral issues up until she was almost 16 years old. And then slowly things started to turn around. It was not overnight. But to see her now, you'd never even believe that she's the same person. So respectful, hardworking. She's got a heart of gold. Things that were just not part of her personality growing up, to be honest. And Sean and I always say that the kids seem to get abducted by aliens in the middle of the night at around age 12 and that those aliens leave a strange soul in the bodies of our kids because it almost seems like overnight they turn into well aliens for a back of a letter word but then magically after a few short years they come back and you're like there you are welcome home And that's what it feels like sometimes. And I'm sure some of you can relate. That's how it happened for her, really. My daughter, what's crazy is that she hardly remembers some of the things that she did. But I share that story with you because I know that many of you are struggling right now with children that might be getting in trouble, going the wrong path, or just children that are defiant or disrespectful. And I want you to have faith. Things do get better. And, you know, now my daughter and I, were closer than ever. She's my best friend. And if you had told me that would happen just three years ago, I never would have believed it. So don't give up. Don't ever, ever give up on your kids. And even if you have to practice tough love, don't ever give up hope. So today I've got another co-hosting show for you. I'm still super busy these days, but things are going really well with the financial business. I'm working on some things for you guys that go along with that. In fact, one of my listeners reached out because her and her boyfriend had some debt and it was more than some, it was a lot of debt and they were just not making enough money to take care of it. So we were actually able to help them with debt consolidation as well as provide them an opportunity to get involved in our business so that they could increase their income. And as I've mentioned before, this is and will remain a podcast for blended families. I am not ever going to turn it into a financial podcast, so I don't want you to worry about that. There are tons of financial podcasts out there. That's not what I'm looking to do. But if I could help my own community with their finances, which 
is a big area of stress in most blended families, then I want to do that. But I promise to make all of the content here valuable. That is my commitment to you. So I'll likely share just small tips along the way, maybe a little finance tip of the week, some interviews sprinkled in, but mostly blended family stuff like usual because that's what you're here for. And with this in mind, please feel free to send me your finance questions if you have any. I can throw those into the Q&A shows when I start those back up again. Now, if any of you want the opportunity to come on the show as my special co-hosting guest, I would love to have you. There are no special requirements, just a desire to share your story and help and encourage others. If you're interested, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. Choose the mini session option and we'll just have a brief chat on the phone first and we'll go from there. Let's see what else. Oh, the Facebook community. For those of you who might be new or don't know, This podcast does have a private Facebook group for all of you to go to connect and meet one another, share advice, share encouragement. However, not everyone there did find us through this podcast. It is Facebook, and so some of the people there joined from finding us just on the Facebook platform. And those people don't always realize the culture that we try to have there, which is a place of non-judgment and support. I haven't seen anything lately that's been troubling, but then again, I really don't have time to manage the page anymore and read all of the posts. I wish I did. Now and again, I'll pop on there. I might respond to somebody here and there, but that's really it. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to know that if you see something that seems out of line with the group, please tell me about it. Let me know. You can report a post. You can always message me. And I also want to invite you to share inspirational posts there. I just don't really allow personal promotion or promotions of any type of businesses. You're not there to be solicited, so I don't allow anyone to do that. The only promotions are the guests that I have on the show. But that doesn't mean you can't share an interesting article or post that's relevant or that you think the other members would enjoy. And of course, it's always a good place to go to share something positive that happened to you for the week instead of um, negativity, which is okay because we all have troubles and issues that we need help with. Um, But I'm just letting you know that you can post other type of content as well. So just be mindful. That's all. And if you're not already a member, please join us at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. And last, I've been having some major website difficulties. It's driving me crazy. I paid a company to help me fix my site because all it really needs is to be updated. But this company has been stringing me along. They took my money. They haven't fixed it. Then they emailed me and said they want more money, so um, I'm getting a refund. And But I, what I really like to do is revamp the entire site, but that just isn't in my budget just yet, hopefully soon. And I don't even know how many of you actually do visit the website, but in case you do, I am aware it's not quite right, it's broken, and I am in the process of looking for someone to help me. In fact, if anyone listening knows how to update my WordPress and some plugins, Please let me know. Every time I've tried in the past, I break it. 
and it's not worth my tears, so I'd rather have somebody do it for me. But I'm really sorry for any inconvenience that this uh, website trouble brings you. I really do hope to have it fixed soon. And if any of you are website developers, I'd love a quote on redoing the entire thing. It really needs an overhaul. It's been years. I think I paid a very small amount to have it done, and I've never been completely happy with it. All right, enough announcements. I want you to enjoy this conversation I have with one of our listeners. Hi, everyone. You're joining me for another co-hosting show of this series. And today I have with me a wonderful listener, Lisa, who's actually part of our Facebook group. And Lisa lives in Wisconsin with her blended family. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, so why don't we start by just telling us just a brief little overview of your blended family. Sure. So my husband, Doug, and I have been together for about three years, and we have five girls. Two of them are mine. I have um, a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old girl. And then his daughters are, let's see, they're 15, 17, and 18. Um we both work outside the home. I also go to school, so we are really busy. And with three high school girls and all of their activities, we are super busy there as well. So um, a lot going on, but you know, we try to make time to be together and um, just kind of find that connection. And I think that's, yeah, sorry. That's a, No, that's perfect. <laughs> and you know, I know we, we talked a little bit before and I was like, whoa, five girls, you know, because I have... I have three teenage girls, and I find it to be very challenging at times. And here you are with five, and I can't. And and of course, I'm. It looks like three of them are probably you know already on their monthly cycle. So I don't know how that goes in your house. And oh, I, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like when it's all five of them. Well, I guess by then maybe the older ones will be out. But that is just, boy. I guess you deserve a round of applause for that one. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and so, yeah, you got a lot, a lot going on over there. How's the weather in Wisconsin actually right now? We're having a heat wave. It's been in the forties all day. So I'm extremely thankful. I'm more thankful today than I was yesterday for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I heard. I walked out the door and I was like, oh my God. What what was it yesterday by you? You know, honestly, I didn't look, it had to be down in the twenties or thirties, but it was just chilly and it was just kind of that damp cold. That's the thing about Wisconsin. We get this damp cold where it just sits in your bones. Uh, so when you get to 40 or above, it's like, thank God, <laughs> I can take my winter jacket off. Yeah. And for the listeners, just so you know, we're, I know we're not, we're not putting a timestamp on this. We're actually recording this the day after Thanksgiving, which was supposed mm-hmm. to be in many places, the coldest day of the year. And I was just up in New York last weekend for a wedding and we arrived in a snowstorm and I was panicked because, well, I mean, I, I've driven in the snow when I was younger, when I lived there, but I haven't driven in the snow in years. And my husband's never driven in the snow. And it was like a, it was like a blizzard when we get there. The airport had just shut down after we landed and we had to drive like 45 minutes to this rehearsal dinner. And I was like gripping the, the car everywhere on the way there. I thought I was going to die. And then of course, like then after that, we had to drive another hour and a half all the way in the opposite direction out to where we were staying and you know by then it started to rain a little bit so it wasn't as terrifying but that cold especially with me right now it's like in the 80s over here in Florida and so that was just a drastic change for me I know what you mean about once it gets into your bones it's just horrible and I I sympathize with everybody that's in cold weather right now I came home and it was 80 degrees and I was like oh thank god so (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our Florida vacation, but we're pushing it back from spring break next year down to uh, to June. So nice. I'm just like, what? We're not going to get to Florida in the winter? <laughs> Are you going to go? You're going to visit Disney while you're here? No, I've actually never been. We've never taken the girls, but um, we have some family down there, and we're going to surprise some family members by showing up for a birthday. Nice. Um, but yeah, we just we love getting down to that area. We usually go down by Cape Canaveral, and we were lucky enough to see a launch a couple years ago and maybe if we're lucky this time it'll happen again well just so you know I don't know if you're aware of this but I actually am very close to there that's like kind of in my backyard so oh okay when you come here maybe we'll just like meet for coffee that would be fun because it's literally like 20 minutes from my house so (laughs) oh (laughs) that's funny I've never really heard you mention where you're from but yeah we have some family that um do the snowbird thing down in the Titusville area and we love the I think it's the Playa Linda beach Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, yes, part, yeah, Playa Linda, except for the mosquitoes, it can get really, I think, isn't, I think part of Playa Linda is an adult beach, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think, like, a good part of it is is a nude beach. (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. We haven't seen that part so far, but oh my gosh, that would crack me It's not the whole thing. There's, like, one, I think there's, like, one area that's nude, and then there, I don't know. So anyways, yeah, you might want to just... Just watch where you're going with the kids if you take the kids. I mean, I've intentionally or I've unintentionally lost my bottom due to the waves a couple of times. But no, we saw no one else intentionally losing clothes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, so we have we have a lot of things to talk about today and yeah. you have so much to offer. So let's see. Why don't we start with... Um, Let's start with, I know that you have a really good or a, a decently good relationship with your husband's ex, who is the mother of your stepchildren, and I think that that's not always a common thing. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with her and how it's evolved over the time of your uh, your being together with your husband. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't always that way. When I first met him, of course, like we all do, you know, he told me the story of how the divorce came about and we all have our story that we tell. But even as he was telling me, I'm like, well, you know, it seems like I've heard this record played a lot. And the thing is, I know that there are way more things that go into a divorce and a relationship falling apart that way than what people tell. So I always kind of took that with a grain of salt, you know, but then after I met her, you know, there were a couple things, you know, they had a hard time communicating, which I think is really common among us. But at any time, I just tried to focus on what she was doing right, you know, the way that she obviously loved her children and just being really thankful for that um, and trying to let, you know, Doug and his ex-spouse's hangups be between them and not get involved in it. Because I can tell you, like, in my own experience with my own ex, like, don't get involved in what's happening. I really like my ex's new partner, but when I've tried to include her in a couple conversations it didn't go as I hoped Mm. and it's just kind of like I've realized now that those are conversations that the parents need to have and then I just get to be on the outside and I get to help the parents run the kids around if I need to or if they need help volunteering for the school or something like that like I do that I just try to be the helper and not the interferer Um, but also with his former spouse she's a teacher at the school where my my own daughters go to school Um, she's not right in the the school where they're at, there's a, like an alternative school above on the second floor and she's a teacher up there. So something that 
was really neat was that on the weeks that my girls weren't with me, they were really struggling. And I found out that Karen, I just said her name, sorry. Well, she, (laughs) she would, you know, stop and give them a hug or just comfort them and kind of see what was going on. And I was so impressed and so thankful because, you know, for anyone who has had to go through that transition where their kids are no longer with them and you know that your kids are missing you, it's heart wrenching. But knowing that she was there and giving support to my children when I couldn't be there just meant the world to me. Um, and this is this yeah. is your husband's ex. Yes, this is my husband's ex, which um, is amazing because she has no—they're not her stepkids. She has no, no reason to be like that. That's very very nice of her to do, um, and it just kind of helps strengthen your relationship. And Lisa, one of the things that you said that I just have to stop and mention here is you said that you you focus on what she's doing right and not what she's doing wrong. And I just want to point out to everybody that that is a good habit to get into for anybody in your life, whether that is your own partner, your children, your ex, because I think what a lot of people have a tendency to do is just focus on what irritates us about that person or what they did to annoy us. And once you start focusing on that, that's all you can see. And then your energy starts to match that and then fights start to happen. So I think what you said is key. And I think everybody needs to really notice that and do that. When you find yourself focusing on what some somebody's doing wrong, okay, I want you to switch it and focus on and say, well, what, what do I like about this person? What do they do right? What what is appealing about them? So uh, thank you for saying that. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, even just kind of going above and beyond when you have the opportunity or if you can find a way to do that, um, you know, because my girls are right there. A couple of times, um, I think it was like the first day of school, or maybe it was Teacher Appreciation Day, that we got a little flower pot for her and sent it to school with the girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was nice. Or, like, with what I just was talking about, how she would give my daughter's comfort when I wasn't there. Um, I actually wrote her a small thank you note and just mailed it to her home last year just because I wanted to take a moment and say something to acknowledge what she was doing and that I knew that she was doing that and how much it meant to me. Because sometimes those conversations are kind of awkward when you have them face to face, but when you just write a brief note and say, hey, you did this and that really made my day. It's just that one thing that first of all, it makes me feel good writing it, but also I want her to know that I see that and that I'm respecting her for doing that, you know? So it's just trying to plant those seeds of good intention goes a long way. Well, and then her, she's going to appreciate that you, you know, acknowledged what she did and then she's going to want to do more of that. And, um, so I think that you guys have a really good thing going. How is she with, um, well, let's see, I know you, you stay out of certain things and your stepchildren are a little bit older, but how is she with dealing with your relationship with your stepdaughters? Is she very accepting of it? Um, you know, honestly, there's not a whole lot of conflict there. I think there was kind of one instance where I said something to the eldest that wasn't taken well. And, you know, she didn't say anything to me directly. She said it through my husband, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably a good thing because if she had said it directly to me, I might've been a bit more defensive, but when it kind of came through that secondary route, I was a bit more willing to be like, okay, I'm just going to stop and think about this. And if this had been said to my daughter, you know, number one, I would have said this to my daughter directly because she's my daughter and she needed to hear it. But when I consider that this is my stepdaughter, I should have, taken a moment and realize that this is not my child and that her biological mother might feel differently about me saying this mm-hmm. to her. 
you know, it's just, you know, I know that we don't want to acknowledge that that relationship is different, but in my opinion, it just kind of is. Um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you're not the parent of this person, that they might take what you're saying differently. So, yeah, you know, and you can't, nobody (laughs) can expect that that relationship with an ex is going to be, even if you get along, it's not always going to be perfect. Sometimes there are going to be those uncomfortable moments where somebody maybe oversteps or makes the other person upset. And I like what you guys are doing, that you guys are acknowledging it and you're working through it instead of making things worse by ignoring them and letting resentment build. So you guys are definitely on the right track there. Very impressive. And um, so let me ask you about your ex-husband. How is the relationship with your ex-husband and, um, of course, your current husband and all of you? How do you guys get along on that end? Um, That relationship is a bit more fraught. Mm. (laughs) Um, You know... Well, you know, you just don't want to pull out the dirty laundry, but it's just never been a good working relationship between my ex and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and his general mode of communication is only responding when he wants to or when something benefits him. So, you know, even today, trying to get the kids back to him on a kind of a weird holiday where he wasn't working, but I had to work. Mm. You know, our normal transition of like dropping the kids off through the school didn't work, but it was just awkward trying to figure something out and we end up getting into a kind of a texting little duel where <laughs> we aren't nasty but we're just very pointed and snippy to each other and finally I was just like no <laughs> I just called my mom and asked her to please take care of talking to him and arranging the drop-off because I was done um, and I would love to say that I could just rise above every prod but honestly some of those things just get really difficult and you have to kind of understand where your limitation is where it's just like okay I'm done with this conversation. I'm going to hand you off to someone who can be more adult about this because I'm starting to get into high school actions. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing is like, you know, we we sometimes, even if you think everything's great, you know, sometimes you get into these situations where all of a sudden you're not getting along again. I mean, it's happened in, in our life too where things are wonderful and then things are not wonderful for a while and then they get better again and then they get worse again. And that's just kind of the ebb and flow of things. And also I think what's going on in everybody's life and a lot of times we just take our personal issues and we project them on other people and that could be what he's doing but um we can't expect things to be perfect all the time but you know you had somebody step in and help you out there your mom you said and sometimes I think that that's good if you see that things are getting escalated (laughs) the best thing to do is to just step away and not keep going because why did we want to make things worse you know absolutely and you know and I go back to like I really even though the relationship is fraught right now and I'm frustrated, there are other things that are going on that's also fueling that. Mm-hmm. But I still maintain that I wish them nothing but good things. You know, there are some times where my ego wants to be like, man, I hope that they fall apart the same way that all of our other relationships have. Yeah. But the thing is, like, that's not good for my children. I don't actually want that. I no, want them to be happy. And it's not good for you either because it, when, when we carry around those feelings – um, it, it actually is poisonous to us and it makes us feel yucky. I think when I carry around like hate or anger or resentment, it just doesn't feel good in my body. So I try to release that, but it's difficult when you're getting triggered by people. And I, and I say triggered because that's going to be the next thing that we talk about here today, because we're all triggered by people in different ways. 
and it can be very frustrating. And the people that are closest to us, whether that's our partner or our ex or a family member, they're the ones that know how to trigger us the most, don't they? Because they know exactly <laughs> what buttons to push all the time. And that could be our stepkids, oh, yeah. too. I mean, I'm living in a house with seven people, and every single person in this house knows exactly how to trigger every other person. That's just the way that it goes. And not everybody tries to use that, but sometimes they do. So um, I know that you are especially, well, I don't know if you're especially good at it, but I know you're working on uh, trying to get better at working through your triggers. And I know that you might have some tips on that today. So I wanted you to share a little bit about how you deal with triggers. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I know it is always a work in progress. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. You know, just kind of realizing, like, especially when your heart rate gets going and you're feeling angry and you're just getting salty, just stopping the conversation and taking a pause and looking at, you know, why it's upsetting you, number one. But then, like, okay, write that reason down. This is why it's upsetting me. But then, like, try to go back and look at when you've experienced this before and what was going on then. Um, you know, even with my conversation today with my ex, I was starting to get triggered and upset. And it was, you know, when it was reigniting for me was all the times that he ignored my texts Mm. back when we were together. And so it was just like realizing that that is not exactly what's happening now. Like, am I justifiably irritated right now? Yes. But am I letting it bother me more than it needs to? Yes, I sure am. And do I want that to continue? Like, no, (laughs) no, I don't. So kind of just trying to stop, look back about what the root is that's really causing this issue. Um, And then just working your way forward from there to be like, okay, well, do I want this to bother me going forward? Can I release this? You know, and there's a couple of different meditations that I'm sure we've all have had access to. Um, There's one I always think of in Gabby Bernstein's book. Um, What is that? Oh, the judgment detox. Yeah. And she has this little, you know, exercise where she's talking about, Um, it's kind of like a cutting ties type of thing where I visualize him and I imagine this point of contention as like a cable between us that's tying us together and keeping us joined. And it's like this cable of anger and just negative energy and negative emotion. But then like I kind of focus on it. And there's there's a point where you just cut that, where you just consciously in your imagination, cut that cord and release the anger towards them and just kind of push them again out of your current moment so that you can get back to being in peace with who you are. Um, so that's, you know, a good thing or a good exercise that helps me. Um, but honestly, there's, there's are so many books and so many resources out there to help us work through some of our, our triggers. And actually you had an episode with, I think it was Anna Costa yes. a few episodes ago that I just loved a really good framework for working through some of those issues. And I think she did a good job of explaining that, yeah, it's not going to feel intuitive at first when you first start doing those exercises. It's going to feel kind of sloppy and just weird and awkward. But the more you do it, the more it gets to be habitual and a lot quicker. And you can start, you know, it becomes a 30-second mental talk through instead of having to sit down and write down everything. Yes, yes. yeah. And I love um, I love the the exercise about cutting the cord. That's a really good visualization technique. Um, and then what I try to do, too, with triggers is like I'll try to think, what is the story that I'm telling myself right here? Because I <laughs> am like a chronic overthinker. So it's really bad. In fact, it's gotten worse <laughs> as I've gotten older. My husband, he just looks at me because I'll be in bed at night and I'll be like, so... 
do you think when so-and-so said this yesterday, do you think they really meant that, but they just didn't want to, like, tell me? And he just he just starts laughing at me now, and I'm like, oh, I'm overthinking it. He's like, yes, you're overthinking it. And so, but, but that's the thing is, like, somebody could maybe take a weird tone with me, and I'll automatically mm. say, that person's mad at me, and I'll make up this whole story of why, and that's just me making up stories. And so what I try to do is I try to stop and say, okay, what is factual here? What is truth? And what is the story that I'm telling myself that I'm making this into something that it's not? And um, a lot of times that can be resolved just when you kind of like stop and look at the situation and realize how much you're adding your own opinion or your own thought system onto it. So... Absolutely, man, you, you nailed it right there. That situational thing that none of us are aware of, like that tone of voice may have been coming from a previous conversation that they had and they were just feeling remnants of being yes. cranky, you know, or, or, or like maybe texting. they were hungry. Texting is the worst uh, because yeah. in fact, we try to teach the kids this all the time because we'll text the kids and they'll write back, why are you angry? And we're like, we're not angry, <laughs> you know, but it's like you can't tell tone from a text. And so a lot of times texting and of course we recommend texting with our exes because we don't want to get on the phone with them all the time. But over mm-hmm. text, sometimes things can get misconstrued as well because we automatically are might be irritated with that person. And so we don't trust them. And so we automatically think they're taking a tone with us when they're not. And so it's really just about being aware of all these things and being aware of ourselves, too, um, because we can't control what other people are are thinking and doing but boy can we let our own minds just run away well at least I do oh, like yeah. I said I don't know if maybe I'm just I know not everybody's like me but I'm, <laughs> I'm really bad with that so all right um I think that's because you care yeah yeah <laughs> that's but, really common in women and you're not at all abnormal that's okay. and it is something that develops as we get older um it, yeah I mean I won't go into it a whole lot but I don't know if I mentioned that I'm also studying psychology. So. Oh, well, well, thank you, because I yes, come from a normal. long line of overthinkers. Like, my mom is an overthinker, my grandma was, and now my daughter is, like, a chronic overthinker. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know if we're just all a little crazy, but uh, that's just <laughs> what we do. So, anyway, let's, let's shift gears a little bit yeah. here. I want to talk about parenting differences. And um, I know we spoke before, and... Something I wanted to talk to you about, which I think is kind of interesting because it, it sounds like myself, that you used to, you say that you used to be a very strict parent, but lately you're learning how to balance that out and um, with the help of your husband and your blended family now. And it sounds, I want to hear your story, but just quickly I'll just tell you, for me personally, mm-hmm. I was, not only was I very strict before I met Sean, but I was very... Um, like scared of everything. Like I told you earlier on the phone, uh, didn't let them like go up and down a slide when they were too young because I was afraid they were going to get hurt. And like, I was just like this paranoid, crazy mom, right? And so I mm-hmm. met Sean and Sean was the complete opposite of me. And together we've learned how to balance one another out. Like I've helped him just kind of pull in the reins a little bit because sometimes he was too lenient and he's helped me to loosen up and have a little fun and not be so uptight with my kids and I think that it's created a nice balance so I want to hear from you your story is that is that how it worked for you um similar and you know I'm just laughing here as you're telling me about that not wanting your kids to go on the slide because I wasn't quite like that. I would have more like overthinking things about the future. (laughs) Like when my children were like two years old, we lived in this little village that had a bluff that overlooked the village. And I knew that the teenagers would go up there and screw around. And I was afraid that when my daughter 
was a teenager, she'd go up there and that she'd fall off the bluff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that overthinking thing manifests in a lot of different ways. Um, Oh gosh. It's funny how moms do that. I think moms are the worst at doing that. Yes. Um, But to go back to your question, um, Oh gosh. Really quick refresh me. Yes. The parenting, how you used to be strict. Yes. Yes. The parenting. Yeah. Sorry. Um, So, when Doug and I first met, yeah, I was really strict. And actually my ex and I were both that way. We were well on our way to becoming those helicopter parents. You know, I remember my sister commenting that she heard my daughter's name like 20 times an hour because I was constantly on my daughter being like, G, G, come over here. And her name is not G, but you know, (laughs) Um, but I'd be constantly chirping after her, checking on her throughout the house and worried about her. Um, You know, but that, developed as she got older to just being on top of her about everything and very demanding about the house being clean and, you know, all those things. And then especially after the divorce, I got to be very just, I went hardcore type A, like everything had to be perfect. My house had to be clean. And if they didn't pick up things, I would get angry. And then one of our big issues was running late in the morning. Um, And, you know, that would be that would come out as me being very angry when the kids were making me late. Mm. So, I mean, actually like breaking down and shouting, like I just have this voice that when I'm angry and under extreme pressure, you know, you flip that switch and your voice goes from a little bit irritated to mom's crazy, angry, Mm. move your butt now. Um, And at that point, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking was okay. You know, I didn't really realize the effect that that had on my children, but you know, I started to see that it was actually scaring them. And that was really just a heart-wrenching moment for me when I realized that I was scaring my children. Um, So that kind of started that. But then I met Doug and, you know, he kind of saw some of those things and he would see me getting upset because, you know, especially timeliness in the morning is an issue because I have a job that I need to be there on time. And when I'm late, it gets counted against me. So, that was kind of a high pressure thing, but he kind of talked to me about that and just realizing that this is not the end of the world. Even if I lose my job, it's not the end of the world that my kids are more important Mm. Um, and trying to find a balance in that way. Um, And even as I was working on that, there was, I always think of this one time where we were, you know, in that process of dating still, and we had stayed the night at his house and we had just packed out or we had packed clothes to go to his house and in the rush to get ready, my younger or my eldest daughter had forgotten to grab a belt for her pants. And she was one of these that insisted on wearing a belt all the time. And she couldn't wear clothing without a belt. (laughs) So we were getting ready the following morning and she realized that she did not have a belt and she's just going into full meltdown, freaking out, crying and wouldn't get ready. And Doug is, you know, sitting there, he was behind me and what I didn't realize is that he had a belt from one of his daughters. He was kind of showing her behind my back and it really upset me. And you know, in that, that was actually really our only fight ever that I realized that he was doing this behind my back. Mm. And I was, I, you know, we went upstairs and I told him like, that was not okay. I was in the middle of disciplining her and you were offering a solution that I didn't know you had. You should have talked to me instead of going behind my back about this. Um, and 
if after that fight, he's like, you know, you're going crazy over things that don't matter. Mm. And it just really making that point to me that he's like, you know, none of these things matter. It's just a belt. I was trying to help you and you're getting upset about things that you need to calm down about. Um, so again, and he's kind of like coached me through a couple of other little things where I was overthinking things and, you know, just worrying so much about being perfect that I was pushing that onto my children and demanding that they were perfect too. Um, you know, and now, nowadays I'm a lot calmer and it takes a lot more to get me riled up, but you know, the way that that manifests now in the co-parenting relationship is that now I'm viewed as the lenient person. Um, so recently my, my own eldest daughter is in sixth grade and, you know, it's a big transition to go to middle school where now she has this homework requirement. And we found out in the middle of the first quarter that she was really behind on homework. Um, and she was actually failing math. And so, you know, we got the progress report about her poor grades and that turned into one of those emails between the exes. That's just like, well, what are you going to do to fix this essentially? Mm. And, the way that their father's household is seeing homework is very much like this needs to be done, fixed, and you will stay in your room until it's done type of behavior where that's not how I go about things. I am much more like, okay, well, you are having a bad experience right now in, in your grade. What can we do to improve this? And I don't I don't make her go to her room to do homework. I expect her to be at our kitchen table while I'm making dinner and working on her assignments. Like I just do things a little bit differently. I'm more involved in what she's doing instead of pushing her out into her own room to do that. Um, And I just try to be more supportive about it. But, you know, trying to tell my ex that this is what I'm doing, that I'm trying to just support her in finding her own way through this instead of being very rigid and changing everything about my expectations of her homework. Um, sorry, I feel like I'm kind of getting no, this. No, I actually, I think that that's, that's great. And I think that when it comes to parenting differences, I think that we're never going to parent on the same page as our ex. I mean, that's just yeah. common <laughs> and we can't always expect to, although for major issues, I always say it is important to try to see eye to eye on major issues. But when it comes mm-hmm. to little things like, that you're talking about or like dinner or chores or, you know, watching certain movies. It's, it's very difficult to do. I think it's mostly important though, to try to maintain a good co-parenting in the same household. So in your blended family with Doug, you want to make sure that you guys are somewhat on the same page and it sounds like you are. And I think that that's, that's more easily controlled than, than what goes on outside of the home. But I want to go back to something that you said, because it was really interesting to me. It, it feels like I'm talking to myself because you were talking about after your divorce, you got, you know, very crazy about, you know, cleaning the house and making sure everything was perfect. And mm-hmm. I've touched on perfectionism before in some other shows because I'm I'm like a recovering perfectionist. I'm like you. I'm <laughs> trying to change my ways. But I went through a very similar situation and. I haven't been to therapy, but just my own, what I think that was, because I got really, really crazy with controlling everything. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, it was because my life at that time had become out of control. I wasn't expecting to get divorced. I wasn't expecting to be on my own and having all the, the new problems that I had. And I felt like my whole life was out of control. And I think the only way that I was able to get a grip on everything was for me to just become neurotic and just 
that was all I could do. I couldn't control my life, so let me control how clean my house is. Let me control how organized my drawers are and, and you know, have everything in a line. And it was, it was unhealthy, but I felt like that was the only way that I needed to do it. And Sean is actually helping me now, as, you, as Doug sounds like he's helping you, to kind of say, like, okay, relax. Like, this isn't a big deal. And I've even learned to like let my house go now my house you should see what my house looks like right now it's a disaster but I used to like twitch if a crumb fell on my floor I'd like watch it in slow motion as it would land you know but now I just I've learned like you know what this the house is always going to be here and it's always going to be dirty and I'm not going to freak out and like this week I was really tired and I didn't feel well after traveling and I had so much work to do and at first, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to get this done. And I said, you know what? I, I took a few days off, and I said, I'm just I'm letting it go because I physically know that I'm going to hurt myself if I do it. And so I think it's just about letting go of the control or why we think we need to control everything and learning that we don't need to do that anymore. And I don't know if that's the same for you, um, but that felt like what it was like for me. Yeah, no, I, I think you just absolutely nailed it on the head right there that control and it's you're right you're so out of control in that moment and you so much is changing and you know that's normal just to want to control but you know that was actually really a challenge going into the blended family for me it was starting to be okay with having a little bit less cleanliness um you know one thing that I remember seeing in the group a couple of times was discussions about type a you know, step parents and then the step kids start making a mess in the kitchen and dishes have been my crazy thing my whole life. <laughs> like they need to be rinsed and then stacked next to the sink, not in the sink. And it makes me nuts. And when we were first starting to live together, it made me crazy. Like I tried not to show it. But <laughs> I'm sure that everyone would notice when I would get home and immediately start rinsing every dish in the sink and stacking it next to the sink. Yeah. And it was you know, it was hard, but then I started to realize that I'm just creating conflict in the house and I'm making everyone else feel bad. So it's just like, I would actually start intentionally leaving a dirty dish in the sink because I'm like, okay, if I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. And I'm just going to do this as an exercise in my own (laughs) mental strength here. Can I join them in the dirtiness, you know? And it sounds so dumb, but honestly, it changed the way I thought about it. And I still do it. And I make myself laugh now. Like I'll leave a tea bag on the counter just so I can like pick it up later. And, you know, and I'm picking up all the other stuff that's, you know, but I can at least say like, well, that tea bag was mine. I'm picking up all the mess. <laughs> so yeah. It's just these dumb little things that we do that reshape how we're viewing the situation. But for people like us, you know, the blended family is actually a really good lesson for us to learn how to just relax because the blended family dynamic can feel very out of control most of the time. And so you can't be a control freak and a perfectionist with a blended family. You'll just end up making yourself crazy. So it's a good lesson in learning how to just let certain things go and learn what's a big deal and what's not. And really when it comes down to it, your health and and your family and and how everybody is is what's important not the dishes not the mess not you know if somebody says something wrong or i mean it's it's hard it's hard it's a lot but um i'm definitely work it's a work in progress for me and I'm sure it is for you. And I'm sure we have a lot of listeners out there who can relate. Um, but we're wrapping up our time here. But before we yeah. go, and this has been so much fun talking to you, Lisa. Um, before we go, I have the same five questions that I ask every co-host that joins me. Are you ready to go with that? 
I think I am. <laughs> okay. So question number one is, what is the thing you love most about your blended family? Okay. So we are all Broadway music fanatics. The older girls are all in show choir and my younger girls and I also love music. And we've really bonded over some of the big Broadway hits that have come out recently, like Hamilton and then Dear Evan Hansen, because we'd find out that we were all listening to this music, you know, during our normal lives. And then we would come home and start singing it. You know, and there's nothing like singing or, well, you know, singing, rapping, whatever, <laughs> Hamilton with your stepdaughters to really be like, okay, I'm a stepmom, but I'm like a little bit cool. At least I know the lyrics <laughs> and I can throw out this whole line. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> some of, yeah, some of those funny things, you know, just little things that you can bond over. They don't have to be big moments, mm-hmm. you know, that are captured on video. It's just those small little memories that you make over time. So, um, so then I have to ask you... Have you seen The Greatest Showman and what do you guys think of it? Yes, yes. And we loved it. And we watched that one together. And it was wonderful. Because that was like our, we we saw it. This is embarrassing, guys. Fun fact about me. Embarrassing. We saw, just Sean and I, not everybody, because we're the only crazy ones. We saw it in the movie theater, I think, seven times. Seven times in the movie theater. And then we bought it and we watched it at home a bunch of times. We, we only took the kids to see it once because, of course, every, you know, there's just certain movies that resonate with you. And for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that movie just makes us happy. The music makes us happy. That's why I asked oh, yeah. you about that. And I'm hoping that it becomes a Broadway show. I know that it will. Um, they were already talking yeah. about that. So, OK, question mm-hmm. number two. What is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? Oh, definitely trying to feel connected. Um, you know, we kind of practice that nacho method, the nacho kids, you don't make the rules type of thing. So there's a little bit of, you know, separation that way. But in addition to that, we're also very, very busy. All of the older girls have a lot of activities going on. Um, my eldest has been involved now in like cross country. So that's been busy. And I'm a student and I work full time. So we're just in every which way. And there are nights when I don't have my girls that I end up studying until midnight or later over at the university in the library. So I don't always see my stepkids and I do start to feel really lonely, like I'm missing them and I'm not connected to them as much. So that's really been a focus that my husband and I have been talking about here and there, just trying to find more moments to get together and do stuff and intentionally do things together. Um, So yeah, that's it's a challenge right now, trying to find that space to get together and do things together. Yeah, and I bet especially with the older ones, because once they reach a certain age, they don't really want to hang out with mom and dad anymore. They want to be out doing things unless they're mine. My kids don't leave. I don't know. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> I love them. You know what? I'm so thankful that, that you know, it, it's a fine line because sometimes we're like, wow, they, they literally never leave. But then we're like, wow, they never leave. Like, they actually want to be home with us on a Saturday night, hanging out with us. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but most most teenagers don't want to be home. And then it is hard to find those moments and, and connect. So, all right, question number three. If you knew then what you know now, what's one thing you would have done differently when you first blended? Hmm. Oh, there's no way you could know this, but I would have gone in knowing that I didn't have to be my stepdaughter's mother. Mm. that I wasn't there to be their mother, that they had a mother who loved them and was doing all those things, that I really just needed to kind of be there and let them work through their own emotions with having this new person in the household and just kind of 
you know, lowering my expectations, you know, both of what I expected from them as far as them accepting me and also lowering my expectations for myself as far as what I, I would feel. You know, I was really hard on myself at first. I didn't immediately feel like love for these daughters, you know, even though they are amazing. It's just kind of an awkward new relationship. And I didn't know it was going to be like that. Yeah. So lowering your expectations. I think that that's a really good tip, actually, because we all have crazy expectations when we enter into anything. And especially a new blended family, we think very highly of how things are going to go. And we're kind of just shot down Mm. sometimes when things turn out different. And at least if we go in with lower expectations, we don't have to be let down. Uh, Question number four, what is something you know you're doing right in your blended family, something that you're proud of? Um, You know, I think that both my husband and I do a really good job of trying to support each other's children and all that they're doing. Um, My older step, you know, something I love about my step kids that I didn't see coming was that I love watching them succeed and I love talking to them. Um, we have like sometimes when it's just the older three girls and my husband and I will have talks or have conversations about politics or feminism or all these things. And I'm blown away by how smart they are. And I love the conversations that we have where we're, you know, it's, it's one of those unicorn moments that you don't think actually happen with teenagers, but they do, you know, where you as the parents get to have a meaningful conversation with your up-and-coming young adults. Um, So I think that we're doing a pretty good job on that front. You know, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but... That's amazing. Um, I think uh, teenagers, a lot of people think, well, you can't talk to teenagers. We we actually have a very open relationship in our house. We communicate about everything, even the things that we don't want to know. And but I think (laughs) that it's it's good when you can do that. And I think if you do stop and take the time to, like, get down on their level a little bit and just have those open conversations, you will be surprised at how smart they are and how much that they'll share with you about their life and about their opinions about things uh, like. Like you said, politics or feminism or any topic that you think you're not going to talk to your kids about, they actually have opinions on it. And it's it's really interesting, some of the things that you can uncover when you sit and you talk. So that's wonderful. Um, and question number five, if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? Oh, man. You know, I think I have to go back to just that mental practice of finding something to be grateful for. You know, first off, in your house, in your home, in your own personal life, but also find something to be grateful to the ex-spouse for or anyone who's creating conflict in the house. You know, if if it's the ex or if it's one of your stepchildren, find something that they do well, write it down and keep it as a reminder somewhere so that when they're really upsetting you, you can be like, okay, yes, this is happening, but here's what they do right. And let's look at that and focus on that. You know, make that positive focus where your heart is going. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. A great way to wrap up because like kind of circle back around to what we said earlier, like let's focus on what's good about somebody. Let's focus on what they're doing right. And having gratitude is huge, especially today being the day after Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday because we focus on gratitude and being thankful. And I always tell, I just told my kids yesterday, when you are focused on being thankful, you can't really be upset about anything else when your focus is gratitude. And so that's a wonderful way to end things. Um, Lisa, I had a wonderful time talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. I hope you have a great night. 
Yeah, and for the listeners, if you want to connect with Lisa, you'll see when I post this show, I will tag her in it. In the private Facebook group, you do have to be in the private Facebook group to see that, which is at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Lisa today. And if anybody else wants to come on the show to co-host, you know how to reach me. Have a wonderful night. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.